Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. But before we do, guys, this is Labor Day. What are you guys doing Labor Day? Nothing. Nothing? I don't really do, I don't really do much either. <laughs> the last time you heard Clayton say, nothing. Nothing. It's just a good excuse to like be lazy and eat good food. Yeah. Right? What about you, Eric? Is that what you do? Yes, what I do. You just hang out, eat food? Eat, hang out, eat food. Grill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every every Labor Day? If I, if it's the weather's okay. I, Sometimes I it's I feel rainy. like I'm opportunistic. Like if someone says, hey, come over, we're grilling, I'll do that. If not, I'll do my own thing. Like, oh, I, just do, I don't even plan ahead for Labor Day. He wants to be invited. Yeah, there you go. So Clay, Clayton's a Labor Day scavenger. Got it. Okay. Yeah, unapologetically. That's well, I mean, that's that's fine. You hey, want to offer me food, I will take it. You are a great griller, though. Remember that last time well, you grilled I, for I us? I don't know about that. Like those, what were those like pork thingies? Well, they, they're, they're pork medallions, but Costco prepared them before I grilled them, so <laughs> it's not like you, you, you give did them credit. It. You did it. What about you, Eric? Way to heat up those prepared pork medallions, Clayton. They're delicious. But what are you doing? Yeah. Here's what I do on Labor Day. I make sure I'm registered for Regathering 2022. <laughs> Clay, I just I just choked on my water. I knew he was going to say something about this. And I still, it was just the way he did it. <laughs> and now it's time for obvious cheesy segues. Oh. Regathering 2022 is less than a week away now. It's coming up on Sunday. If you don't know what we're talking about, just go to the church's website. It's right there on the homepage. Mm -hmm. Awesome stuff going on. All five Christ Community Church campuses in one place for one great day. Seeking the Lord, having fun, eating food. It's going to be a good time. If you don't have your tickets yet, go to the website, get your tickets. FAQs online. And as we said in the previous episode, if you live far away from us, West Coast, East Coast, I don't know, Deep South. South. If you're in Texas, you can stay there. Um, but, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but, but that would be really fun if someone that listens to the podcast that lives quite a distance from us showed up, found us at the regathering event and told us that you're here because you listen to the podcast. It would be phenomenal. I, I do love Texans. Yes. I just don't like Texas a whole lot. I've never so, been there. So they, well, they can leave Texas. You just don't want to go there. Yes, I don't. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, you're right, Clayton. I did say you can stay there. Thanks I, for the clarification, I do. Clayton. Just, just in case. Just in case someone bought their tickets and they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Texans aren't allowed. Aren't you the one that told the story about being on a cruise ship with all Texans? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's still, that, that's a flashback. That's <laughs> that's what, Clayton's just having PTSD over yeah. there. Right I, I, I feel like... <laughs> At some point during the regathering event, someone in our church is going to come talk to me about the fact that they are from Texas. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's so, le- so let me say again: I love Texans. I just don't like the state of Texas. There you go. Okay. Enough said, Clayton. <laughs> Before we jump in, uh, I've got a little bit more listener feedback, some uh, some reviews. Oh wait, wait, oh, hold on, oh, hold on. Oh gosh, where were you? I don't he was know. I got about Texas. <laughs> I got all wrapped up in this whole Texans Texas thing. It's my job. Hey right. everybody, it's time for listener feedback. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You'll get the next one because people are going to send in a lot more comments. That's right. right? A lot more. So uh, I've got a comment here from Cujo Boys Five. <laughs> wow, <laughs> these names are so inventive. Uh, uh, 
I, look, you got a comment, Eric, about Cujo boys? <laughs> no, I think I'm already in trouble with all people from Texas. Yeah, like, I don't also want to be in trouble with all Cujo boys. <laughs> let's just, let's just. Uh, it, uh, they say, <laughs> they, he, it, I don't know. Uh, they say, great way to start the week. I love this podcast to help center me for the week. <laughs> Not this week. Sorry, guys. Uh, they collaborate in a way that allows the Bible to come to life in a fun and meaningful way that also teaches ways to grow in Bible application. So thanks, Cujo boys. <laughs> Thank you. you just can't say it without laughing. You're terrible. No, I'm terrible. Thank you. Okay. I just want to point out now, because I get accused of making fun of <laughs> people right. on the podcast, this is two weeks in a row With that Clayton has I, made fun of listeners who are taking their time to communicate with us through listener feedback. Maybe that should motivate you. We'll, we'll, we'll make a joke at your expense if you, if you give a comment. <laughs> How about this one? How about this one? Uh, I got a second comment. It's from Marta Jill. And it mm. says this, love it. Lots of fun and great insights. I like the combo of the three personalities. I look forward to listening each week. And to that, I say... Thanks, mom. We love oh, you, mom. So that's I, so I can't nice. make fun of my mom on the podcast. I don't mm. think so. That's, I, I that's where you draw the line. Draw the line. If I see your mom and dad in service, I do not want them coming up to me and picking a fight with me. If I say something, oh no, like, they, they, they love you. I know. I don't want to ruin that. So we'll just let Eric pick on him. You want to pick on him? No. Okay. No. no, I I think I spent the better part of the first year of the podcast giving Clayton's parents a hard time. That's true. I've moved on to Texans. That's true. All right. Uh, We should should jump into the podcast. Hey, thanks for listener feedback. Send us some more, okay? We love it, guys. All right. We are going to be in the book of Galatians again. Uh, We are going to be in chapter four, starting in verse 21. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of context. That's the first C in comma. Uh, The book of Galatians. So, it's a letter. Hey. It's not the first C in... Well, it is the first C, it's technically. The, it's the only C in comma, yeah, right? it's the first letter in comma. Yes. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're right. Thank you. Let, Thank less, you someone, less someone is waiting for the second the C self, to show up in comma. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, the C in comma has context. Uh, Galatians is a letter. It's written by the Apostle Paul, and he is worked up in this letter because what has happened is in this community, there are a mix of Jewish believers and Gentile believers, and they had been living together, you know, doing life together. Uh, but then some teachers come in who start saying, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you still have to keep the Jewish law. And people are starting to uh, get persuaded by this and then divide over this and it's causing a whole lot of trouble. And Paul realizes this goes to the heart of some things. Like it's not just a, how do we interpret the Old Testament? It is, uh, it is saying, you might not understand what Jesus did if you don't get this right. So he is writing a pretty strong letter um, and he uh, brings all sorts of uh, things to, to the argument to try and persuade people, especially Jewish people, that... Uh, this like what Jesus has done actually sets you free from having to follow these Jewish uh, law uh, customs. And so in this passage, he's actually going to be referring a lot uh, to some Old Testament stories that he thinks actually point the way towards what Jesus did. So we're going to get into that in chapter four here, uh, starting in verse 21, going to verse 31. So tell me you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it's written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a divine promise. These things are to be taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. 
Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband." Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. And it's the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman." All right, let's start with O, observations. What do you see here? Okay, so here is my observation. It's the fact that this passage is super twisty and turny again, and that if you don't know your Old Testament, it's going to be very confusing to you. So, That leads us to comma tip of the week. Nikki just said, if you don't know your Old Testament... This is going to be very hard to understand. Well, we've got good news for you. If you have a study Bible or even not a a full-blown study Bible, lots of Bibles have little cross-reference links. This is talking about Hagar and Sarah, and it's referencing a story from the Old Testament. So the Bible points you back to that Old Testament story so you can read it, so you can get the, the, the story again fresh in your mind, so you can understand what Paul is doing with this story to explain something else. So every once in a while... Just hit those cross-reference links. If you don't know, if you're reading and say, well, I don't remember the story of Hagar and Sarah and what are they talking about, then just go back and read that Old Testament story. And this has been your comma tip of the week. Yes, so that was super helpful. Go back, learn your Old Testament, right? But the other thing too is just these terms of like slave and free. And the idea that a lot of people might think, well, like, does that mean, like, in terms of slavery, how I know it, or is it something different? Like, uh, it just gets kind of confusing. So, it's another one of those things where you've got to kind of go back and maybe look it up in uh, the study Bible and kind of figure out what is this. I need to understand it before I can kind of move on from it. I, I think that's an important part of, of this passage. That always, yeah. Every time slavery comes up yeah. when you're reading the scriptures, it gets it gets difficult because you have slavery as it existed in Old Testament mm-hmm. times, and that's a wide swath of time and then you have slavery as it existed in greco-roman culture and then you have american institutional slavery which is a different thing Mm -hmm. and so all three of them are totally different there's all these different categories of what we're talking about with slavery so you're right nikki uh i i would point out the verse the first verse here of what we read the tone just jumped out to me yeah Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? Like those are fighting words. Yeah. So, so the, the tone of what you're reading sometimes tells you what gives you a clue as to how you should be reading something. And that's what jumped out to me here. Um, I, I observe, so the, the Hagar and Sarah, um, who are referred mostly as the slave woman and the free woman. Um, if you haven't gone back and read that, let me, let me give you like the very short version of this story. So God promises to Abraham, uh, who is very old. So Abraham and Sarah are very old, but he promises to them, you're going to have a son. 
And so this is supposed to be a miracle. And and they they have no children. Um, God said, you're going to have like tons of descendants, but first I'm going to give you a miraculous son. And it takes a long time. So like it doesn't happen immediately. So Abraham and Sarah, they're like, well, maybe, you know, we should, you know, put our, you know, like strategy together of how we're going to, you know, have, have an heir, have a son. And so Sarah says, well, I have this servant. I have this slave. Why don't you sleep with her as kind of a concubine? This was a custom back in those days. You, you have a child that way. They can kind of be, you know, your surrogate, your heir. And so they do this and they have a, a child named Ishmael. Uh, but then God says, hang on a second. I, I told you I'm giving you a miracle. And so here's your miracle son. And so then Sarah, who is, you know, in her nineties, conceives and have a, has a child, a guy named Isaac. And these two sons are now there. And the question is, who is the actual heir? Who's going to get this promise that is going to be passed on from Abraham? And the story is complicated, so we won't get into the messiness of it. There's lots of questions if you go read it. But it basically comes down to this. God says, the promise is going to go through Isaac, the miraculous son. And the other son is going to be sent out. He's going to kind of start his own thing, but he is not kind of going to inherit this promise. And so Paul is using this as kind of a, a symbol of what has gone on in the New Testament with uh, Jesus coming and saying, all right, we're coming by faith through grace. And, and others saying, we're going to try to do this by the law. Paul's trying to line those two up and say, there's a parallel between Isaac and Ishmael that correspond with the debate that's going on in this, in this situation. What else do you see? Can we like uh, unpack the quote in here, like from verse 27? Be glad, barren women or woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, I think of that, I'm thinking... Think of people today, right, who are reading that. Some women be like, um, well, maybe I can't have kids. Why would I want to sh- shout for joy and cry aloud? Like, Yeah, be, telling a barren woman to be glad yeah. seems very cruel. What is that cruel. about? Yeah. So, can we, do, you, do you have, like, some background on yeah, that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to uh, sort it out a little bit. So, here, here's how you would go about figuring this out. Um, and it may take a few steps. So, there's another one of those. Go back, find the Old Testament, read, figure out the context. You're going to do a little bit of work on this. This is a quote from Isaiah, I think Isaiah 54. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the footnote here. That's what it mm-hmm. looks like. Um, so, in this part of Isaiah, God is talking to the people of Israel who have been in exile and things have fallen apart. And he ha- is telling them, I'm going to come in and I'm going to rescue you. Like basically saying the Messiah is going to come and you know put all things together and you know build up the people and it's going to be great. And one of the things that's going to happen then is people who would have felt on the outside of the community are actually going to be brought in. People who felt like they were cursed are going to be uh, feel like they they are they are blessed. And he uses different examples. He talks about eunuchs and he talks about um, people who are poor and that sort of thing. But one of the one of the images that he uses to describe all of these people who have felt excluded, uh, feeling blessed, is he talks about barren women. And so he says, in a society where not having children would have been uh, ostracizing it would have you would have felt like something is wrong with me or God is mad at me. Um, you are actually going to be blessed and you're going to participate in the life of the people in a way that like incorporates you into a family and gives you a sense that you have uh, spiritual offspring and all sorts of stuff. So there's all that kind of going into this. But in this particular instance, what Paul is doing is he is uh, he is 
grabbing onto that image and saying something about that is happening even in kind of the um the sarah who was barren like she had no children mm-hmm. um and and saying she rejoiced when that happened right so there's a, a reference to that um and what's happening now is people who used to be on the outside gentiles people who would have been excluded from the the the, the community are coming in the same way that sarah got a child by by god doing a miracle and by faith, trusting in, in God's promise to do that. So that's like a lot of different things <laughs> going yeah. on there. But if, you've got, if you're saying, just like Sarah rejoiced, and just like these people of Israel who were excluded and, and would rejoice because of the Messiah, these Gentiles who you are excluding get to come in just like Sarah did by faith, not because they had produced something. They hadn't, they hadn't by their own strategy, mm-hmm. come up with their salvation. God did it by a miracle and they received it by faith. So that's a, that's a lot of work. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I can understand why that would be confusing and not obvious. Thank you. What else? <laughs> that was a very succinct thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Right, my, my final observation here of this text is verse 29. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It's the same now. The, the link that is communicating that we should expect that this tension will stay in play, that there will always, there will always be conversations, tensions, where people are saying, you have to behave a certain way to be loved and accepted by God versus you are loved and accepted by God and Jesus provides the grace and the forgiveness and the relational connection to God, and it's not what you do; it's what Jesus did. There's, there's, it was that that kind of flesh versus spirit existed with Ishmael and Isaac. It, you find it all throughout history. You find it in the early Christian church, and we should probably expect it now. Uh, my last uh, observation here is about how Paul, like the big contrast he's doing, is between these two covenants: there's the old covenant and the new covenant, and he's using all of these images to kind of point out the differences, one being it, it, there's slavery in one and there's freedom in the other. And he's re- using really strong language. And uh, sometimes people will look at this and they will say, okay, so that means all the things in the Old Testament are bad and, and they, we got to throw them out. Um, and all we need is the New Testament. You know, that's kind of in the past. And if we go there, it'll be slavery. But if we've got the New Testament, that's where we find freedom. And uh, one thing I want to point out is that back to that uh, observation Eric made about the tone Paul is addressing something really particular here. He's addressing a group of people who are saying, if you don't follow these laws, you can't be a Christian. And so Paul is bringing out the most like pointed, direct critique of this as possible. He is speaking as strongly as he can because he knows what's at stake. What's interesting though, is there are other places in the New Testament that add some nuance of saying, how do we actually think about the Old Testament? Um, And you can even get a little hint of it here. The fact that Paul uses the Old Testament so much here is clear he's not throwing it out. He's saying it's still very relevant. Uh, in other places, you get Jesus saying, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. There's still good things about that. It's just changed. Uh, Paul himself says, the law's good. I learned a lot from that. You get Old Testament things where they're singing whole songs about the law. So there are um, there are times when people look at this and say, good, I don't, I don't have to read three quarters of my Bible anymore because it doesn't matter anymore. Um, a guy like Paul clearly was reading his Old Testament a lot. So I don't think that, that that's what it means. Uh, on the other hand, 
uh, there are people who are re- who really struggle. They read the Old Testament and they feel burdened and overwhelmed by it. Even people who will say, do we need to follow some of these things that, that the New Testament has said? No, those are not, a, not anymore. So there's like this tension of what, what continues and what doesn't. Um, and I just wanted to, to point that out there. All right, let's go on to uh, one of the M's in comma. Well, we're gonna start with message today. So what message did you get out of this passage? When I read... Um a passage like this, um, I am, and I, I, I think back to what we read in the Old Testament, we, what we read throughout all of Scripture, um, and how kind of like the, not kind of like, but it does, Scripture backs up Scripture, right? Like it helps you interpret what you're reading. Um, like with this passage, right? If we know the Old Testament, we get a chance to actually understand this a little bit better. Um, I'm just super thankful for the work of the Spirit, for the work of the Holy Spirit. Um one, that it has come in to my life and helped me to better understand what it is to actually have Jesus's grace through his death and his resurrection, but also um, that the Spirit can help me understand his word better. Um, without that, I think it would just be, it's just so evident that we need him in our lives to help us understand God's word. So to me, that's that's my that I have no way to like make a pithy saying about that. I'm just super thankful for the grace of the Holy Spirit and helping illuminate His Word to me. That works. Uh, I'll go with verse 28 here. It says, "Now you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of the promise." And so let's see. I'm going to try to make. I, I'm always I'm always in like a mental competition with Clayton for yeah, I don't for, even craft, try. for crafty pithy state messages. Uh, life life with God, life in Christ, can either be based on effort or grace. So you can be. Oh, I want to use the word children because this whole text uses the word children. You can be a child of effort or a child of grace. How about that? Ishmael was a child of effort. uh, Abraham and Sarah get together and say, through our own effort, let's try to help God. Yeah, let's make it happen. (laughs) Right? Let's make it happen is not the life in Christ, right? Like, yes, we cooperate with God. We cooperate. We stay in step with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, But Ishmael is a product of human effort. And Isaac is a product of divine promise. Hmm. And so you can either be a child of effort or a child of, what did I say at the beginning? Grace? Promise? promise? promise. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Child of effort. Both, both, both you can either yeah. be a child of effort or a child of promise. That's going to be my message. There you go. Thanks for helping me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know that mine's all that pithy, but I, I do think, uh, just real simple, in Christ, we're free. We're not slaves. You know, that the, 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 even if all of the details of all the Old Testament things in this passage, you know, you say, I don't know how to sort them all out. The, the main thing that, that repeated word of slave and free, slave and free in Christ, we're free that we, we have freedom in him. Uh, we are not slaves uh, to be bound and oppressed by uh, rules and regulations that, that no longer apply. So we are, we are free, not slaves. Uh, that's where we're going to get kind of the, the jumping off point for our meditation. Uh, so meditation is uh, prayerfully pondering uh, something from the text. Sometimes we take a line from the text. Sometimes we just take a thought, you know, that poses a question. So the question that I'm going to ask you to, to ponder for the next 45 seconds is this, where are you experiencing slavery and where are you experiencing freedom? So spiritually speaking, right now, where are you experiencing slavery 
Where are you experiencing freedom? Right. Let's talk about the A in comma, which is application. It's what we do in response to what we've read. For me, I want to get better at like digging into the Bible and reading it more. What I mean by that is like Eric has made reference to this before, but the cross references in the Bible, like when you're reading something in the New Testament and it tells you to go over here and read about it in the Old Testament. um, My mom is like amazing at that. Like she will just like, Find, find a cross-reference and she'll just keep going. And if it leads her to a next cross-reference, she'll read that one. And she can read cross-references for like hours. And I'm like, mom, what are you reading? And she's like, I'm just reading everything because it's helping me understand God's word better. And I have done that, but I've, I have not done that as well as what I think I could in this year. And hearing your explanation of how that all connects uh, just, just makes me really want to learn how to read my cross-references better. You know, you could blame that on Clayton. What? Because he created the Bible savvy reading schedule, <laughs> and it's it's tricked it's tricked you into just reading one short passage a day. So yeah. when when you're when you're reading your Bible, say no, Clayton. You're not going to stop me from, from, <laughs> from. I will not be limited by you, Bible <laughs> savvy. Yeah, that that's mine. good. That is that is a fun way to read the Bible. Yeah, you read you read the Bible savvy passage for the day, and then you just go where it takes you, right? As a jumping off point. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. Uh, mine is uh, actually similar to that, oh. and which is Clayton had us do the meditation on where you're experiencing slavery and where you're ex- experiencing freedom, which is powerful, and I need way more than 45 seconds. So I'm going to set that one aside and do that another time because uh, that's a fantastic question. Uh, for me, it is actually, if I, if I take that meditation question and apply it to my Bible reading, it is the approach I take to my Bible reading. Well, good Christians read their Bible. I'm a pastor. I should read my Bible today. Versus when the disciples say to Jesus, where are we going to go? You have the words of life, right? Like reading the Bible because it is living and active and it's God's revelation. And so uh, my application is to, uh, maybe it's a prayer walk. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I, I don't know exactly how to apply this. Like, here's the thing you do but it's a, a motivation for which you read the scriptures mm. and talking to God about that. Oh, I think I just figured it out. I think I just found out the, the one statement that sums up all of my rambling there. Mm. Read the Bible is a I get to, not an I have to. Nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I think uh, something similar when we talk about being, we're, we're free, not slaves that there, there is a joy in doing what we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? That, that, that uh, rather than um, feeling like there's a, this burdensome thing, there is uh, a celebration of saying, I get, to, I get to walk with 
with Christ. You know, the, the rest of Galatians talking about like, you know, it's Christ who lives in me and, you know, the spirit doing things like that is, that is a thrilling prospect. It's not, um, it's not this burdensome thing. It's not a, it's not a checklist. It's not a, uh, a taskmaster kind of thing. Um, and so I, I, I think finding joy in doing that rather than um, interpreting those things as um, obligatory in a negative way. All right. Well, that's all that we have for you this week. Join us next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. Before you do that, join yep. us on Sunday for Regathering oh, 2022. Yeah. There we go. And in the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you could check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. You could also go also, to the website and get your tickets for Regathering 2022. Whatever platform you're listening on, do that too. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.